Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mayor on Air. I am the Mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe, and today I'm running out of words and like adjectives to describe our guests. Like, oh, we're so thrilled to have or pleased to be in the presence of, you know, legend indie car drive. What? Basically, it's willpower. Ladies and gentlemen, it's willpower. Uh, you're great. It's not that you're not great. I'm just running out of words. I feel like I'd give everybody the same intro, so I'm just going to say you're here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 2014 Verizon IndyCar Series champion, driver of the number one Penske Verizon, some other manufacturer name that I'm not allowed to say in public. Yeah. Firestone, Delara, you know, you know the deal. Oh my God! What's yeah. up, man? You know, I'm not like. Are you good all, at that all stuff? stuff? You've got to add around words these days, but that's what keeps the sport going. Around. That's what it's keeps circles. Keeps but only left oh, anti-clockwise from time to time. Did, when, oh, yes. So when you run ovals in Australia, do they go the other way, like the toilets? Actually, I actually wondered that because there was a series in Australia called Ozcar, and there's one oval in Australia. There's just one, and it's at Calder Park. And I actually wondered if they ran it the other way because the driver's on the other side. And do they? But I don't. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you I, haven't actually looked actually, into I don't it. Think, actually, I, do, I think I remember seeing a clip where a dude was roll, barrel rolling on one of those, you know, biggest crashes in the world shows and uh, yeah, no, I think they were going any clock no yeah they definitely go the same way because a lot of the sprint car drivers from here of go course race down yeah, 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 yeah. that would be trippy yeah. though if they raced going yeah. left here and then had to go around to Australia and race going right I think that'd be a good idea actually for us to one day do an over the other way let's do because you here? get such big muscles like like you know I'm really strong on the right side yeah not from driving but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to strengthen my left arm. You gotta, you, you gotta, it's gonna start yeah, running backwards. I love yeah. it. You got you got Buzzkill Brian bent over on that one. That was good. Uh, so here we, we're here at Phoenix, and before we get into Phoenix, uh, I want to just recap St. Pete a little bit. That's normally what we do in the first segment of the show. It's gonna be a short conversation, I guess, recapping your St. Pete weekend. Yeah, it's pretty much uh, two laps in first practice and uh, <laughs> qualifying. Uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, just a big headache, really. Is it, uh, is it, does it make you feel better about yourself that you had, I mean, we, we established it wasn't a concussion, it was an inner ear infection. Yeah. And so you were, you were dizzy, I assume, you uh, were sick, and um, you went out in qualifying with a bunch of professional racing drivers, like some of the best drivers on earth. You were poorly, not feeling well. Yes. And, in, and in two laps, you not only broke the track record at St. Pete, you, you beat all of us handily. Does that make you feel better about yourself? Because it certainly makes me feel worse about myself. Um, no, I, I just... I feel like no. less of a person, not even less of a driver, less of a human being for what you did. <laughs> well, actually, it was funny because... Yeah, hilarious. I, I didn't... It wasn't really funny, actually. I was feeling like crap, but... Uh, I, I didn't look at any data that whole, pretty much whole weekend. <laughs> look at no videos, nothing. Kind of came out of a motorhome and I was discussing you. whether I should do qualifying or not. I hate you. Montoya, you know, being, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, came up, you know, he really shouldn't do it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't think I should, but I, um, I just, I actually kept it short, so I'd only do just, you know, a couple laps. And I wouldn't go out and black and so because I didn't really get it. I feel good, like, if I missed out, so what? But um, it was, yes, obviously awesome to get pole. Um, yeah, obviously a <laughs> highlight of the weekend for me. But, um, yeah, it sucked that I couldn't uh, race on Sunday, which had nothing to do with, right? you know, <clears throat> you know they, they didn't tell me 
you know, I wasn't arguing the fact that I couldn't race. I mean, you know, I think Indy did the right you, thing. You felt, the, you felt junk enough that you weren't putting up too much yeah, of a fight. Yeah, I wasn't going to do it anyway. Right. Because it just didn't feel right. So was it hard to sit and watch on Sunday? It was it was interesting, <laughs> like, to kind of, you know, watch, to actually see a race from the outside. Because I left halfway through the race, I had to get to Miami. You know, it was a long trip, and, you know, saying if you've got a concussion, you want to take it slow. I wasn't driving, my wife was, but uh, um, the cars actually look fast and sound cool. Like, they sound... You know, I remember I used to talk about going to the <clears throat> the race in Australia where they right. had 900 horsepower. Well, th- these cars actually sound awesome on the outside. Like they the sound, turbos are, they sound, make it sound cool. And they sound tough. Um, so I got to experience that walking over the bridge, you know. Briefly, I just waited for the restart. And, yeah, so, but yeah, it's <clears throat> much better being in the car. Much better view. <laughs> so you feel 100% now we're good to go here in Phoenix? Yes. All right, so let's talk about Phoenix. We're here at the, uh, the Mile Oval. Uh, Inacar coming back after 10 plus year absence. We tested here, obviously. Penske's were pretty quick. You must be feeling pretty good coming into the weekend. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I didn't get to do too much testing because I had an engine problem. So um, I'm not sure about traffic running and all that, but I really like the track. Really, really smooth, nice. I wish we were lifting a little and sliding the cars, but I definitely don't think you want to slide the car. <laughs> it's like, it's stuck. A couple people slid them a little bit and, oh, uh, yeah, and really? white, white wall white oh, really? yeah. turned too, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was tough, man. So did, were you not, you didn't get to run much in traffic then? Not that, not that night, so oh, you're screwed, night, man. second one. No, you're you're I, in big I'm, trouble. Honestly, I don't care. I'm like I'm way back there, so I'm last in the championship. So that's yeah. true. I can actually say <laughs> I, say I had a better St. Pete than you did, and I got well, taken out to turn one lap one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I actually I think I, I saw that bit. Cut your tire? Yeah, cut tire. You didn't get get back, like? No, I ended up in one of the runoffs and lost the lap. Yeah. and spent the whole day. <laughs> Going around a lap up. That's a Verizon phone, everyone. Well, yeah, it's a Verizon, Verizon phone, Verizon and the phone. Verizon driver who's first, first. Oh God, she put on speaker. <laughs> Boy, oh, that's tempting. That's oh, tempting. It's awfully tempting. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not your first interview, Will. You should know the uh, the etiquette is to not have your phone ringer on during interviews. Look, if you have Verizon mm-hmm. on your car. You want your ringer on all the time. I'm surprised your ringer isn't just you saying, Verizon, 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 Verizon. Your Verizon phone is ringing. Your Verizon phone is ringing. No, I've got that on text, actually. Oh, that's a text. I usually get more texts and phone calls. Yeah, people don't actually talk to each other. Anymore. Anymore. It's all, it's all through text. Like, that's why it's so weird, like, sitting here looking in your right. eyes. I, I'm like, I'm literally holding my that's phone in my hand right now because I want to just text you. I don't actually yeah. want to ask you any more questions. People person. don't even call anymore. Like, <laughs> it's just like, OMG, or... You know? Are you a big? Do you use those shortcuts a lot? Like, are you an uh, no, OMG? No, LOL, not a THFL. THX. THX. Come on. No, I'm the same way. If you actually look at my Twitter, I use complete sentences at all times. I'll I'll cut things out of what I'm trying to say so that I can actually use full words and spelling. And it's a that's a bone of contention with me. I just I tell you, man. Like, yeah, people that you know, I can see that eventually. It's going to be so awkward when you know these kids grow up and they they're at a party and so on. They 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 won't be able to make eye contact with people. So. <laughs> well, we've gotten massively yeah, off topic on. from yeah. the race this weekend. All right, so uh, let me then just get your your discounting yourself and discounting me because I don't want you to feel pressure to have to say that I'm going to win. I want you to give your top three prediction. And if you just say your three teammates, I swear to God, you're never welcome back on the show. 
Well, I'm going to say Hunter Ray for sure. Okay. Like he's always very good on short ovals. Yeah. And, and, you know, Especially like, for a guy that just looks so much like Big Bird when he's dressed in his race suit. Yes. It's crazy. He's got a big chin, man. He's got, yeah, he's defined, defined cheekbones. He's very, very American looking. Super American looking. And um, Him and Connor both. Connor's got a Connor's job that like can dig a, a ditch, I believe, to yeah, take a, a line from your brother. He's a Neanderthal. Yes, he looks caveman-ish. Like he could, like, he's a step I, down I, on the I evolutionary chain. I looked at him like, he looks like he should be in UFC. Okay, so so <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Hunter Ray, who else? Um... I think there's uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray, obviously Canaan's uh, really good on ovals. TK. Um, and, uh, you know, now you were just telling me. No, that's the timer to say that, that oh it's time God. for a commercial oh. break. Sorry. TK, Ryan Hunter-Ray. And let's say Paganio. Paganio. All right. So those are the top three predictions for Mr. Will Power for the race here in Phoenix this weekend. We need a quick commercial break. As we go to commercial, Will, we like giving our guests the opportunity to pick the song that we're going to play during commercial break. So what do you have for us? Stone Temple Pilots plush. There you go. That was, that was the first guy we've had that actually knew what he wanted right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, James Hinchcliffe. I'm the mayor of Hinchtown, Mayor on Air. We'll be back more with Will Power right after this. Series 212, XM209. Check it. Mayor on air. I'm the mayor of Hinchtown, James Hinchcliffe. Back more with Mr. Will Power on Sirius 212 XM 209. Will Power. That's an interesting, <laughs> interesting name. It is. It is. Were your parents drunk, or did no, they just not like you? I was named after my great grandfather, uh, William Stephen Power. Yeah, it is, that is because that is your name. Your name Will, is William Stephen Power. Yeah, and they called him Will Power too. Right? So did you not think of maybe trying to go by your like once you were old enough to realize how funny that name was? Maybe go by Steve. Yeah, I, Steve Power here. Yeah. Huh? 
I, I don't know, like, it's funny, like, I never got crap at school. Maybe that's because I used to beat people up. <laughs> um, you know, about the name. People, <laughs> for people to talk to you to give you crap, you have to have friends willing to talk to you, though. So, yeah. was that the issue? Well, no, it's usually the people who aren't your friends that, uh... Yeah. But they're not going to say it to your face. Right. I mean, behind your back, you probably got made fun of a ton. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did, and I found out about it, and I really cut deep. <laughs> and maybe that's Yeah, but, but look, who's laughing now? Huh? Mr. Indy, IndyCar champion, who's laughing? What are they doing? Yeah, I was saying that until St. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You fall on a pole with an inner ear infection, you oh. jerk. You jerk. What was it like growing up in Toowoomba? It was great. Yeah? It really was. It was a um, very sports-orientated town. You know, a lot of good boxers, a lot of good football players. Um, and it's very much a racing town, too. You know, we had a short, tra short track series <coughs> around there, um, um, which was actually dirt road courses. And there was about five tracks all around That's cool. that area. And Did it was a great series. It was really so you grew up racing on dirt? R racing on dirt, yeah. No way. Yeah. I did not know that. But you got to read my book, man. <coughs> Which brings me to my next topic. Your book. There you go. Tell me about your book. Um, yeah, it's you know, basically my, uh, you know, I think the most inter interesting part of a career is from, you know, basically your early days to <coughs> the... To make fight to yeah. get to a place to that first IndyCar race, and then it's kind of like everything else is documented really well after that. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, which it was, you know, I took an interesting path. You know, I did a bit of dirt track, and I was in race cars when I was younger, and um, just trying to get the money and funding and all the stuff that I uh, went through to get there. Um, was the best part of the story. So, you know, that's in, that's in the book. It's in, uh, you know. The most amazing part for me was that you were actually literate enough to write a book. I was <laughs> unaware. Wasn't, I wasn't. All you had to do was ghostwritten. It was, yeah. Okay, so it's a biography, not an autobiography. It's, uh, it, you know, it's just Malsha. Uh, Dave Malsha, great writer. Dave Malsha's a great writer. And um, and he always said, it once I, when I retired, he'd like to write my book. I was never going to do a book. HarperCollins came to me and I was the first Australian to win an IndyCar championship and offered me a deal. So, uh, I so it wasn't your idea? It was not my idea. I wasn't I wasn't planning on writing a book right. at this stage. Because again, you don't read them. So I, it's, I, no, I, I actually do read a lot of books. But <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. You know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I would never have written one unless... Did, did you enjoy the process? I, yeah, I did. It was in the middle of the season, but, um, you know, it's just kind of cool going back and talking about, you know, the tough times. You kind of forget that when you get in a position where you have a ride every year and um, just going back to that every single Christmas, I had no clue what I was doing the next year. That type of stress I used to go through makes me appreciate the position that I'm in now. So, um, you know, it kind of back uh, a bit of appreciation was it was it did, did you find it was hard to like recall certain things or did it all okay once you started getting the ball rolling it all sort of came back things that you hadn't thought about in years yeah well actually well the most interesting thing is you know because in this book David Malsha talked to a lot of people that were a part of my career you know from the forward guys I raced with and you know all the team owners I raced with even in, you know in the junior categories so it's just interesting hearing their perspective and yeah that brought back memories and um, you know added stuff to the book that I you know it jogged my memory I say oh yeah I remember when that happened that guy ran me off and I beat him up outside in the bathroom afterwards <laughs> I don't people I don't beat people I'm not a bully anymore <clears throat> I don't beat people up anymore 
any, I don't, I don't believe in bullying because, you know, I, I know, like James said, I had a lot of it at school with the name Willpower. <laughs> See, I got a lot of it at school, but I just, my name is James. I didn't, my name is James Hinchcliffe. I mean, it's, yeah, Hinchcliffe's a weird name. It's like, it's, it's got a, it's got a really hard stop in Hinchcliffe. It's like, it's, it almost sounds German. Hinchcliffe! It does, actually. Hinchcliffe. Hinch, Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe. You probably beat people up yourself. Um, have you seen me? I don't know. <laughs> five foot nine, little Canadian kid. Are you only five foot nine? Yeah, only five nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not this so. slanky thing that you are. You're running in your arms and legs and stuff. I'm fast. You, you know are that. fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating. I love, run, I love running races. Elio thought one day at Barber, we all lined up. It was me, Elio, and Briscoe. Elio does a lot of training sprints, and he's thinking, you know, I said, oh, I reckon I can beat you. Which I say to pretty much everyone I ever see in anything. <laughs> in, in anything. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's not true, Pete. I'm not like that. But um, anyway, I beat him, and he hated it. Did he? Has he, he, ch- really has he challenged thought, you? He really thought he was going to beat me. Has he challenged you to a rematch? Yeah, even Briscoe beat him. <laughs> Like, he really thought he was going to win. We're going to switch gears a little bit to something that we often do in the Shooting the Bleep segment with our guests. We're going to name some towns in your native Australia. You're going to tell me if they are real towns or if I've made them up. Okay. And by me, I mean Busco Bryant. Okay. Bong Bong in the Northern Territory. Is that a name of a real town? Oh, it could well be. It sounds like an Aboriginal name, actually. So Bong we get Bong Bong. Mm, I'll say yeah. Yeah? You are correct. Bong Bong in Northern Territory is a place. How about Cockburn in WA? Yes. Is that a place? Yes. You sure? Yeah, I think Well, it is. they've got a pill for that. That is true, actually. That is true. Uh, that is a place. Cockburn is a place. How about Blamo in uh, Northern Territory? Blamo. B L A M M O. Blamo. Or maybe it's Blamo. I don't know what the accents are like over there. Well, actually, I'm going to say it's real because you kind of correct yourself there. And that's where I got you because that's a false (laughs) You crafty bugger. You crafty bugger. You are crafty, man. (laughs) And speaking speaking of bugger and buggery, is there a place called Mount Buggery in Victoria? Mount Buggery. Mount Buggery. Not a whole lot of mountains in Australia, I wouldn't have thought. Oh, you're talking about Mount (laughs) Buggery? <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I don't know. I love it. Well, it's true. It true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So you had me with that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Mount Bougerie. It sounds French. It does. It sounds very French. Is there a place called uh, Doncha in Queensland? Hmm. Doncha. Doncha. Has a spell. D O N T C H A. Doncha. No, it just sounds don't like you, baby, don't it you. sounds just like an yeah, Australian right. saying, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's true. Is there a crikey in Western Australia? Is that the name of a place? No. No, there's not. You're no. right. How about, <laughs> how about, okay, this is the last one. Last one. How about Yorkie's Knob? Yorkie's Knob, it's in Queensland. Is that true or is that false? Oh, yeah, that dude. That dude? I don't think it's a guy. <laughs> oh, you thought you were talking about Yorkie and your main Knob. <laughs> I don't want to hear about Yorkie's Knob. Oh. There's a place called no, yeah, Yorkie's no, no. Knob. Um, in where? In uh, Queensland. Queensland. Mm, I no, I don't. You don't think so? I haven't heard of it. Okay, he hasn't heard of it. Well, it's true. It's there. So both your friend Yorkie's Knob and the town Yorkie's <laughs> they named a town after him. 
it, apparently, which is awesome. All right, we're we're going overtime. We're having so much fun here with Will Power uh, on the mayor on air. Before we go, go to break, what song are we hitting? Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Gin and Juice. This is getting but serious. You got to have the right one though. The the, the you got to have the. It's a good remix one. But anyway, whatever. All right, we'll get it. Snoop jo- Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. More with Will Power. We come back here on Sirius 212 XM 209. Much drama in the LBC. It's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G, but I somehow, someway keep coming up with funky ass hits like every single day. May I kick a little something for the G's and make a few ends as I breeze through. Two in the morning and the party still jumping cause my mama ain't home. I got some freaks in the living room getting it on and they ain't leaving till six in the, six morning. In the morning. So what you wanna do? Hm. I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too. So turn off the lights and close the doors. But for what? We don't love them though. Yeah. So we gon' blow an ounce to this. G's up, freeze up for a second now, bounce to this. Laid back With my mind on my money and my money on my mind Rolling down the street, smoking in now Sipping on gin and juice Laid back With my mind on my money and my now money on my mind I got me some secrets, gin. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now these types of things happen all the time. You gotta get yours, but fool, I gotta get mine. See, everything is fine when you're listening to the DOG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating me. Who listens to the words that I speak as I take me a drink to the middle of the street and get to Mac into this trick named Sadie. Sadie. She used to be my homeboy's lady. Lady. 80 degrees when I tell that trick, please raise up off these in your teeth, cause you get none of these. At ease, at ease, at ease. As I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze, and you know I'm just rolling down the street, smoking in now, sipping on gin and juice. Laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Rolling down the street, smoking in now, sipping on gin and juice. Laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my Back with more with Mr. Will Power here on the Mayor on Air, Sirius 212 XM 209. But then again, if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. All right, we are now into our third and final segment of the show, which is a little bit we like to call Trick or Tweet. And in Trick or Tweet, you, our illustrious guest, have the choice of either performing an elaborate prop-filled magic trick Mm -hmm. or answering questions from fans off Twitter. Um, what, how, how can they see the magic trick? Well, they don't have to. It's, this is all about me. I don't know if you know, you know it's called the mayor on air. I'm the mayor. The show's about me. Okay. Let's so, do, let's do the magic trick. All right. Let's see it. No. No, I said you have to perform an elaborate prop filled magic trick or you have to answer questions from Twitter from fans. Oh. You know, I'm not supposed to, I'm, this is, I'm just supposed to hear enjoy, <laughs> I'm not just supposed to hear doing work. You should have told me and I would have come up with something. Oh, okay, so I guess we'll do the. David Blaine. I guess we'll do, <laughs> I guess we'll, cheese that. I guess we'll just have to do the, uh, Buzzkill, keep it down back there. Buzzkill Brian is just, he's getting all bent out of shape. It's very warm in this room. Oh, man. We interviewed TK in this room and he was sweating as he was talking about inappropriate things. But I don't want to repeat because Brand James from USA Today might get upset with me. He'll have some more explaining to do uh, to his son. All right, so we're going to answer some Twitter questions from fans. 
first off, we're going to go to Eric, who's got a question for you, Will. It's, what is your favorite track not currently on the schedule that needs to be added back? I know in the break we were talking about Watkins well, Glen. Yeah, I was, about, I was gonna, gonna say Surface, obviously. Surface Paradise. Boom. That's like a mega track, mega event. 340,000 people over the weekend. I mean, oh, was that all? It was, it was uh, you know, the race that was, they should have capped. But yeah. Um, all right, after winning the championship, Tim wants to know this one, by the way. After winning the championship in 2014, what did you do to celebrate? I, um, well, my mum was over, so that was cool. Um, the night, I mean, the race finished late, mm -hmm. so I kind of... Went to bed? It was cool. They had the hospitality, mm -hmm. you know, Penske, all the, all, the, all the guys on my team and all the people. It's a very... That was an awesome experience. It really was. It was probably the... That was a celebration. That was that was great fun. But then obviously you go, you go to New York, you go on Letterman, and that type of thing. And that was with my mom and mom-in-law and my wife. That was that was a lot of fun. Just was a great off season. Just great. <laughs> Just kind of having that weight off your shoulders. Oh, and yeah, it was. Just to have finished second again, I yeah probably wouldn't be racing still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't believe that for one second. All right. Which drivers in the, uh, this is from Andrew? I gotta, I gotta be better about that. <clears throat> Which drivers in the IndyCar series do you enjoy racing against? Um, you know, like there's some guys that you that, that you race like, particularly on ovals that you can really trust, and um, you know, guys like Canaan and you know, Canaan Dixon, Montoya, Pagano. Um, definitely not you. Right, no, I was, I was not expecting very, my name to come up there. Very, very dirty. Yeah, I'm a um, very, I'm like taking that air, I'm a thief, no, I'm I, an air thief. I think what happens is, you know, the more experienced people get, um, and uh, the more they hit the wall, I guess, but, you know, the more experienced people get, the, the better they become, and more respectful, and understanding. I think, I think that's a big part of it, right, is it is experience, because the yeah. young kids don't necessarily come in with the, the desire to screw people over. They just yeah. are unaware just, of certain things that have certain effects. Yeah, they, they definitely take bigger risks, and, you know, I just think because they don't understand the consequence, what could happen. Um, you know, and as you gain experience, you see a lot of these things, and sometimes you experience them, and it really, really makes you respect. Um, the track and the people around you. So, and Bobby Rahal was the guy that taught me the you know famous line in in oval racing. Yeah, there's two kinds of oval drivers: yeah. those that have hit the wall and those that will. Because it's yeah. just it's an inevitability, right? Yeah. Passion has never hit the wall. Passion has never hit the wall on an oval. He did on the coming out of the pit lane in practice at um, uh, Fontana, but yeah, he's he's not had a, he's not stoved it in good, huh? No, he hasn't hasn't really. No, he will. It's, it's coming. Yeah, I it's, it's, it's playing Russian roulette, man. I mean, like it's every lap is just another 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 click of the gun. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys are great, you know. They don't crash. Like Montoya. Yeah, Montoya doesn't crash. Good. I mean, you know, he had his issue in Iowa last yeah. year, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't put himself. Yeah, it doesn't put himself in those positions a lot. Yeah, so it's a, a, able to be done for sure. But then, I mean, even the greats, you know, make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I've seen Dario in the wall. I've seen Dixon in the yeah. wall. I've seen TK in the wall. You know, yeah. the guys that are kind of rated as some of the best oval drivers. It still happens. It's, I, I see some of these drivers just amazes me, like Marco Andretti. Like he, I, you rarely see him crash. And that said, and he races well. He races hard. And and like 
he'll be the guy, having been his teammate and seen his data, he'll be the guy that'll trim out the most and take the biggest risks in yeah. qualifying and in practice. He does But he's, he's just something so bad, good. Something bad, like, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, the feel or the way he attacks, whatever, but, you know, it actually amazes me. I look at these guys and I'm like, why? Why don't they create, like, why are they What do very, they do different? Yeah, you know, they're very good at understanding situations or what. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one question to close it out. This is from Sean. What is the closest you've ever been to a perfect lap? Do you remember? Mexico City, 2007. That was easy. That was uh, the... the wasn't Server's Paradise 2007? Because we've talked about that. I no, commentated that it, lap. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was that Mexico City. Because you only had one lap to to get it right because the tires would go off on reds. I was on pole by seven tenths to Bordeaux. Really? Um, and it was absolute, just perfect lap. Like, it's just, but I, I look at that lap, there's just no way you could do it any better. I was gonna say, if you had another set of reds and you could have put on another set, write, write that in there, could you have done any faster? I, th- I think you could have equaled the time, but I mean, it was, like I just said, I actually, it's funny, when Servia joined, when we were teammates at KV, I said, I want to see the data from his lap and my lap at Mexico City, because I think he qualified reasonable there, but because I was telling him, it's the perfect lap I've ever done. <laughs> but I go back and look at it every now and then. It's, it's, that's cool. It's, it's not often that a driver, when asked that question, had, like you had that one, you had oh, that ready, you know. I still think about you it. You still think about oh, it. Oh, man, because it's so hard to do a perfect lap. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it's almost I'm, impossible. You know, I, I think there, there's been times in qualifying where I've, you know, with this car, I got close, but um, yeah, it was that was mega. And that's a mega track. There it is a very a cool lot, car. A lot of corners. A yeah, lot of just a lot of fast ice. corners. A lot of you flow. Know, it was yeah. A lot of commitment there. It's cool track. Ah, oh, we should be going back there. I, I'm just gonna throw in my vote. I still think your quality lap in 07 and, and surfers. Was, that was good. Yeah, was that was just calm. absolute. It was. That was commitment. That was blind commitment. Animalized. I almost think that you close your eyes at certain points of that lap, but just kind of went for it. Yeah, through that chicane. Yeah. <laughs> well, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, your 2014 Verizon IndyCar Series champion, Mr. Will Power, thank you so much for thank joining you. us thank you. for the Mayor on Air. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Mayor on Air here on Sirius 212 XM 209. Be sure to join us. Thanks again for tuning in.